This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, talking DC United, Washington Spirit, Loud United, U.S. Women's National Team, U.S. Men's National Team. Probably be more DC than in Spirit than anything else. I don't know. We'll see. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK and Refugees Ted Podcast. needs to. Ted here, John here. <laughs> Mute his YouTube. Mute the YouTube. <laughs> but uh, but can I say the stream looking mighty fresh for yes. our very few uh, viewers? Yes, right now, yes. Other than the audio, the last two weeks after the last two weeks of technical failures, we're really happy now to be uh, you know functioning back yeah. the way we usually function. Back back to function. Back to one hundred percent. John, how you doing, my friend? How's it going? I'm great, you know. I can't. I can't complain at all. Uh, I, I think for some reason I expected more goals from our game tonight, yes. and I don't know why. I probably shouldn't have. It was an away game against Red Bulls. I probably should have uh, just expected what I got, and I got what uh, maybe I should have expected. Yeah. Um. It wasn't a. It wasn't an awful game. I, I, well, it maybe it was. I don't know. It, the The first half I felt was maybe a little bit more DC. Um. Maybe. I thought DC had a little bit of the better play in the first. Uh, I would say in the first half. Um, I don't know if you if you agree with me or it was kind of all over the place a little bit in that first half. Um, but I thought in most part that uh, that the team the team looked good uh, from from what I saw in that first half. I thought they generated some chances, they got some opportunities, couldn't quite put it away, but you know they. Uh, I thought they did well enough, well enough in this game in the first half at least. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. I think the first half, I thought that uh, that the second half was going to have to be when they're going to turn the screws around and start really uh, handling business on offense. Fortunately, what they tend, what they did for the last forty five minutes is just batten down the hatches and just hope Hamid and hope, uh, as as a previous uh, a long ago episode was probably called. So uh, he bailed them out. There were no shots on goal. That's a real that's a real uh, problem to get over for me. That's a hurdle with which I cannot step over. Uh, when describing a game, if there were no shots on goal, um, that's a that's a that's a L for me, bro. Can't I, I can't get around it in any other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would have to say that the team it, it couldn't really put a lot of offensive pressure, I guess, together. They they couldn't. There were always moments when you thought, oh, they're here's here's where they're gonna have it. They're gonna have it together. They're gonna have the pressure together. They're gonna have everything. Everything's gone. The goals are going to start to flow, so to speak. Um, and they just could never quite get the ball into the box and actually generate chances. I thought defensively they were fantastic. They did everything that you would expect them to do to uh, to keep uh, to keep RSL off the board, which is pretty impressive. Uh, they they were under pressure constantly, and Bill Hamid consistently consistently bailed them out. Yeah, as he does. Particularly the one save, which will be save of the week, uh, if if there is any justice in the world. However, I also did not see the other games, so maybe there were other ones that were crazier. But I would say that was probably one of his better saves uh, in a while. He uh, he has. They were saying on the broadcast that he has the most clean sheets and the most saves. Is that is that right? Did I mishear that? Um, most or saves, if not the, the most. Most saves of what exactly? 
Most I, most saves like of all goalies thought, in MLS. I thought he was like third, or I thought he was like a little bit off from that. But um, but you you could be right. You could absolutely be right. Um, if only there was a way that I could look it up very quickly. He is second, uh, and it's by by uh, sixteen saves. David Bingham for LA has faced a lot more shots and made more saves. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he made he made an appearance where you could you could make an argument for him uh, potentially be having a chance to be goalkeeper of the year. Um, I, I don't. It's very surprising to me that he has not gotten as much, I guess, praise as much um, as much. What's the word like as much buzz, so to speak, um, for him being safely. And he showed why he is an incredible shot stopper and can make some truly some truly just incredible saves, um, some absolutely just incredible saves. Um, I, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, aside from Tyler, Tyler Miller's got a goal, a goal, a game average and Hill's got one point one nine. Everyone else that's close has not played enough games to really uh, to really count or, or matter here. But he still played 31 matches. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I think the league takes Bill Hamid and I you mean, know, everybody takes Bill Hamid for granted. I think a little bit, I think that there, he is just, he is one of those guys that's always about the same. He always performs about the same. Uh, and as a result, uh, it's just not, it just doesn't make news anymore. And that's a bummer for him, particularly with, uh, you know, the national team being what it is. Uh, you would, uh, you would hope that he would get more plaudits, uh, but he's just not going to, as he, unless he changes his name to Billiam. Uh, and starts changing like <laughs> starts I don't know where doing something wild being Lewis Creighton like and running around outside of his goal I don't know what he's going to do to get publicity and uh, if you want to talk to us about Bill Hamid and what he could do to uh, make himself more noticeable call us live at two zero two nine zero five zero four five four tonight our uh, producer is is in commu- is, uh, is is knocked out of commission tonight so it's going to be Ted and I just taking your calls so hopefully you uh, uh, can do that and. You don't crank call us because then we'll block your number forever. So yeah. Definitely don't do that. Yeah, don't don't please don't do that. Um, please 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 do not uh, do not prank call us. Do not try to uh, to do any of those sorts of things um, because we will block you and we will not let you call in, and that's not fun. And that's really not, it's fun. not fun. No, not fun at all. Um, yeah, you know, I, I guess. Other things you can take away from this game, Russell Canals, I thought looked pretty good. Um, as I need to mute my notifications, which I don't know where they were coming from, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I thought Russell Canals uh, looked uh, looked looked really good again, and he's just been such a solid, solid, solid revelation in that position, uh, in that uh, in that uh, in that right back position, um, he's been absolutely fantastic. I thought and made some cr- incredible defensive stops. Again, as always, he's always looked great, um, great in those roles, uh, doing that and and really showing why uh, why he is uh, why he why he's really adapted to that role and why he's been playing great. Um, I don't know. I, I thought Ariola. I didn't think Ariola had a good game. I thought he was very very rough. Um, yep. I thought this was probably the worst game we've seen him play. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think particularly in a central role that he started out in the game, he he moved side to side. I think as the game evolved, but uh, he had some opportunity. I mean, again, with zero shots on goal, everyone kind of screwed around in the in the attacking half. Uh, but he, uh, a lot of players were holding onto the ball too long and were not passing when they should have passed. And he was a player that did that. He also dribbled the ball out of the end line on, on a goal scoring opportunity. Could have been a goal scoring opportunity. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there's there's very few players in the offensive side that you could call out to, and said that they had a productive game. I think you're right to call out Bill Hamid and uh, Russell Knauss. I thought Felipe played pretty well. Um, other than that, it was pretty quiet all, all around, I would say. Um, we got some YouTube comments I think we should probably address. Yeah, uh, go right ahead. Yes. The Jalapeno says, did Bill, Bill back up his words from the beginning of the season when he said he was better than Guzan? So he's tied with Guzan for shutouts. So he's at least as good as Guzan in the uh, statistical the statistical framework. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think that he's had a really good season. I think he's had a really 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 good season. Um, I I have given up. As if you listen to the show, you know that I am just not going to talk about him on the national team anymore. It's just a non. It's a non starter. Never going to happen. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's it's basically a non starter. Um, I, I don't think there's any. At this point, it's just becoming. It's becoming. They, he is just not valued. He is absolutely just not valued on the national, on the uh, U.S. men's national team. Um, and it's it's sad. It's sad because he's such a great shot stopper that I think he could be, he could be really good. Um, but it's it's just kind of what it is. And I don't know if there's any way to really, to really solve that issue, um, or to really to really get um, to really get uh, Greg Berhalter to notice him um, at this point, he, his distribution again, he, he picked up a little bit of a knock. Hopefully nothing bad has happened since then. Um, he's picked up a little bit of a knock, but um, so far I think he's been, he's been good. Um, and so I, I, I hope he's not hurt. I hope he's not injured, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I don't yeah. think this team needs, if he is, there's any risk of an injury. I just hope that he, I just hope that the team just decides that, uh, you know what? We're just going to rest you because we we should not need Bill Hamid to beat FC Cincinnati. We should not need a lot of these players out here to beat FC Cincinnati. These are famous last words that Ted is spitting right now about this game coming on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I'm not guaranteeing a victory. True. I'm just saying if we don't if we don't beat FC Cincinnati, we don't deserve to get a home playoff game with the way this roster is constructed. But I still want one. Even if we don't deserve one, I want one. So if if it takes, I think that Bill should have had somebody else take his goal kicks, maybe. That would have probably been a smart in-game management move from a from a uh, injury <laughs> prevention perspective instead of but continuing when you're, to kick and to like you know hold his leg. Maybe don't do that. When when you're a goalkeeper though, you never you never you never do that. You never want to do that. Sir, uh, have you ever have you heard of Nene Hilario by any chance? Uh, great Chelsea, great goalie that couldn't take goal kicks even when his leg didn't hurt. He would have his center backs take his goal kicks just because because he sucked at them. So you could do it. You don't want to do it, but I think uh, if you're hurting, I would prefer he do it. Yes. But um, there's also a jalapeno brought something up here uh, also that we I don't have the guy's name. I hope maybe you do. Uh, we've been tracking a goalie in Europe, according to the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. uh, who's on a free, I believe. Uh, but it would require an international spot. He would require a multi-million dollar salary. So, you know, it's the Daily Mail. Who knows? There haven't been any sort of cooperating uh, pieces about this. But what does it say to you that if it does anything to you at all, keeping in mind the, the caveat, this is the, the Daily Mail and they're just talking. What does it mean to you that they are DC United has their uh, names mixed with goalies, uh, European European goalies right now? What does that does that say anything to you about Bill Hamid's likelihood to be back or is it just paper talk? So, I mean, it's probably just, you know, is it paper talk? Is it? I, I think you're if you're smart as a team and you are dealing with you're dealing with a team that took your keeper on a on a free transfer. Bill Hamid was 
taking on a free transfer. You know you're going to have to pay something for him. You know, I, I think with his, with his performances, the team should actually in, a, a, absolutely be interested in bringing them back. But you want to make it clear that, okay, we have other options. So, you know, don't screw with us. You know, don't 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 jerk us around and say, oh, we want, you know, 10 million for Bill Hamid or 5 million for Bill Hamid to, to buy him back. You know, they're saying, hey, we got other options. We got other ideas. It's it's a pretty smart move. It. This is all. This is going to be, I think, part of a, an underrated story this offseason. Obviously, we thought maybe the the Emil Assad would be would be part of this offseason. You know, heading in, you know, what would be the story there? You know, leaving Rooney, trying to replace Rooney. I think they've mostly solved those sort of offensive questions. I think obviously they're going to need some more depth. It's going to be mm-hmm. a question of depth. Um, is Quincy Maraqua that depth option, or do you look somewhere else? So, um, so yeah, so I. I look at I look at the sort of the Bill Hamid signing being kind of a pretty important part of what this team is going to be trying to do and how they're going to you know interact and we've seen what happens when they try to replace them with someone else. We saw Pat Ostead and how bad he was before they brought back Bill Hamid. So it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It'll be certainly be an interesting thing. I, I just think DC right now at this point is they are saying look. We're, we have this guy in our sights. Where you know even if it's it's just a passing interest, it's you know hey don't jack up the price on Bill Hamid. Don't, you know, try to, you know, grift us basically on Bill Hamid. You know, we want him back, sure, but if you guys are not going to be fair with us, then we are going, we have plenty of other options. So I I think that's just what we're seeing with this. I I wouldn't read too much into it. I think we're going to have a lot of money freed up uh, next year, uh, one way or another, first from a salary cap perspective. Um, David Osted, I believe we were still having paying, were we still paying any element of his salary to Chicago? To make him go away, I, I don't think this season we were paying anything. I think okay. I think it was only for it was only, or maybe was that last season. That was last. Season. I think I think so. I think what happens is anymore. you 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 trade you we no remember he we we bought out his contract. We bought out his completely. contract. Yeah, okay. completely. So he he does not he is not taking up any more salary budget this year or next year. He he is done. He is off the off the budget as they as they say. Either way, I think uh, there are some players. I think we saw the numbers coming from the players' union this week. I think Lucho was at about eight hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand. Um, I think that will be clearly off the table now. Uh, <laughs> as someone was saying, uh, and on Twitter during the game, like he Ben's really going to bring Quincy on before Lucho in the playoffs, <laughs> isn't he? That's really going to happen. Uh, I think it might. I think it might happen. Uh, not clearly not to my favor. I would have put him on a little bit earlier, but uh, uh, there's some quotes here from from Ben already in the aftermath of this game uh they were like what are they what do you think about the way this game looked and he said i'm past pretty right now we had a job to do and that was to put ourselves in a position next week for a home playoff game and we did that so he the the man the man makes no apologies for zero shots on goal because there were also zero goals in the net and we got a point um and and and, i mean i mean to be fair they they did enough they did enough to keep this game keep this team alive keep this team alive for a home playoff game and you know, I think I think it's worth it's worth mentioning that you know they they've done like all game all season they've done enough to keep themselves in a in a decent position. Um, obviously, right now you're facing either fourth or fifth or possibly sixth. Um, you know, so you're you're sort of in that range where you're going to have a tough game in these playoffs, regardless. You know, you're not getting you know the run of home games like you would be if you were sitting second or something like that. So. 
But, you know, I, I I personally think that the team did enough in this game. They got some luck. Uh, they, they, I don't know. I, I was kind of watching, like, keeping one eye on the Toronto-Chicago game. So I kind of like one eye on that game. And uh, it was looking like TFC was going to win that game. And then that would be completely changing the conversation at this point. Um, so don't get me wrong. DC got some luck in this game. Um, but they managed to, I guess, do enough. And now they're setting themselves up. All they have to do is beat FC Cincinnati. They have to beat the worst team in MLS. Worse than the 2013 DC United team. I know the stats aren't going to show that. But uh, let's be clear. This is a bad, bad FC Cincinnati team, um, and they should have they should have no problems with the roster. Sans Rooney beating that team, and if they're not, if they don't, then we don't deserve a home playoff game. I'm sorry, we don't. And then I'm sixty six dollars richer because they don't charge my card for it. <laughs> and they go they go play wherever they play uh, instead of that. Okay, well that's fine. I think that's probably true. Um. Yeah. Anything, I'm trying to think of anything else we want to. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips is a ghost now. Uh, the the guy who used to just torture us and destroy us had an opportunity to score at the end of this game at the top of the 18 and then screwed it up. Uh, there was a time, you know, most of the time that I've been watching MLS, it feels like uh, that he would not have done that and he would have scored and just ripped out our soul out of our face. Uh, but luckily, that doesn't seem to happen as much anymore with his two goals for the season. One of which I believe was against DC United. Is that the mic? Is that right? Possibly, you like you're, right. you're, you're probably right. You're I mean, prob- there have been so many over the years that I may have be, I may have the year mess, messed up, but I feel like that was the case in their two one. Um, yeah, so really, like you said, uh, the game they did what they needed to do is their fourth straight shutout, I believe, um, which they have not done uh, according to Pablo in a long time, maybe ever. Is that what he said? I don't know. That can't be right. Um, so they're 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 now they're in a position to win against a bad team and get a home game on the twentieth, I believe, or the week of the twentieth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's our best chance. I think being in that sort of setting, I think uh, you know we're we're already likely to play n- not really you know in 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 the playoffs, not really uh, front foot forward uh, the way we did against Seattle, not even against Seattle, but the way we've done against some teams in the season. It's going to be a Benny Ball. It's going to be like this, home or away. Um, home, we may we may feel a bit more confident, but that's just the way we're going to do this thing, and that's fine. You know, we're not gonna uh, if we make it all the way to the MLS Cup somehow. If that happens, it will not be beautiful, flowing soccer the way we have seen at some points in this year or at the end of the year last year. It won't be. Um, this is this is just grit, grit, and get through it. This is this is what we're going to look at for the rest of the year. So if you don't like this, just watch through your fingers or something. Yeah, I mean, I I think at least offensively, the ceiling is that Seattle game. That's the yeah. highest point we can see this team possibly reaching. The floor is probably this New York game, honestly. Um, I mean, that's we didn't lose this game, but did we play particularly well? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think you'd, you would walk out of that game. Even Ben Olsen might say in the media, we did enough, we did enough. That's code four. We didn't play well, but, I mean, it didn't hurt us. So, yeah, you know, carry on, so to speak. Um, I, I guess... I'm just trying to think if there's anything else really to, to, to gain from this game. It was kind of a nothing game. I, no. I think – and even – it was so hilarious. It was so hilarious to watch Lexi Lawless on the broadcast. He was like – he was like – he was like, oh, this was a stinker. <laughs> he just came out right and said it. Most of the time you see like, you know, these people be like very like, you know, oh, you know, it was a it was a gritty performance, a gritty game, a gritty performance. And then there was one moment you could classify as a great moment, and that was Bill Hamid's save. The rest was yep. just kind of like – I mean, it was both teams very much set up to – stop the other and they did and both did and both played pretty effectively defensively but no one really could get anything going offensively so um 
I'm with him though, as a neutral, that that sort of setup and that sort of game are the worst the worst possible games you can ever watch, <laughs> uh, unless you unless you really love just like just midfield attrition. Uh, that otherwise it's pretty boring. Do you want to talk about the spirit game? Yeah, yeah, you can I, go. And I, I was watching. I was unfortunately watching the kickers game, so I did not get a chance to watch the spirit game. So you can take it away on this one. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the North Carolina Courage are uh, the best team. <laughs> In NWSL, for my money, in games that I've seen, uh, their roster is ridiculously stacked. They're, you know, an NWSL fight like myself. If I know every player in your starting eleven, and I don't watch every week, that's a good sign for your. That's a good sign for your roster. Um, so, the Spirit, I think, have they had never beat them before in nine previous appearances. Um, it it was it was looking like it was going to be ten. The whole game, basically. The first 45 minutes, the field was tilted all the way towards North Carolina. They were turtling. They were doing their best just to just to please stop hitting me in the face type of thing. And then with like six seconds, five seconds left uh, in the the first half, North Carolina scores. Uh, just a just just a dog shit goal, really. Like the just it should not have happened at all. Um, players turned off in the midfield. Crystal Dunn took the ball like 45 yards, just dribbled it directly up the middle of the field, and no one and no one laid a finger on her. Uh, it was not good. It was very not good. So the half uh, ending that way made me think. All right, well they're gonna win this game three nothing probably. Spirit uh, didn't have anything going forward at all. Um, and really in the beginning of the second half, it was still continued to be North Carolina's advantage. And then weirdly, uh, they. They scored the the two game breakers for for Washington Spirit, who who and one of whom had a goal for Washington Spirit, which was which was wild to me. Um, but Mallory Pugh scores in the seventy fifth on a deflection from pretty much no angle, but she just hit it hard and it went in. That's kind of what you have to have happen. And then Rose Lavelle scores uh, with her, I think, with her left foot from uh, outside the eighteen, uh, sort of a worm burner on the on the ground uh, into the side netting. I, I think the goalie didn't get a very good push off, uh, but I'm not going to fight it. And then they held on for the last six minutes plus stoppage, and uh, no one expected it. And if you were watching this game up until the 65th minute or seven, until the first goal went in, if you thought 2-1 spirit sounds like a fair result, that's how it's going to end, you would be a liar uh, because North Carolina was just was just holding it down. So uh, that kept their hopes alive for the playoffs until today uh, when when Seattle, when Tacoma Rain or Rain FC or whatever they're called, Rain FC, uh, when they won today, two nothing. That that ended that. So now they're out of now they're out of the playoffs. They have, I believe, two more games left, both on the road, uh, and they don't matter. They're dead rubber games. Orlando also eliminated. Portland is a playoff team. That's the game. That's the team they play in the last game of the season. One thing of note to come out of this game, uh, Steve Goff reported. I believe it was Steve Goff said that they are in serious talks next year to play half of their games at Audi Field, which is the, a thing that I talked about last. And when we talked about the spirit last, which would have been my desired outcome, they're also apparently being asked to consider Segra Field, which is the Loudoun United Stadium uh, out in Loudoun, just uh, to, to house the other half of their games. I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's necessarily a great move for them. The only thing that would benefit them potentially is that they would have a new and sort of you know state of the art training facility that they could use when that's done. Uh, sort of keeping it full time in Virginia. I don't know if they had apparently had Jason. Uh, Jason Anderson said that they have sold out a field in that in that region during preseason, but that sits seats two thousand. Um, clearly, they have they have a real fan base, uh, a suburban Maryland fan base that will fill the plex now. Or two, I think that that's I think that's I think they're there now. I think if it if it persists over next year, and I hope that it does, um, 
it won't work for them anymore. I don't know if Sager Field's the right move. DC United wise though to push for that. Yeah. I think that's very smart. That gets them that gets all of their rent inside the DC United environment and allows for a lot more synergy, I think, on probably ticket sales, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, and I have to agree with you there. I'm not sure why the team would, why the spirit would even say, Loudoun United is just as far away as Boyd's Maryland, let's be clear. Um, I mean, they're they're doing that. Doing that would basically mean that you are basically saying, you're saying, well, we're putting it basically in the same location. It might as well be in Boyd's Maryland if it's not going to be at Segerfield. And you're having to play on a... um, Turf field. Oh, no, not a future service. So yeah. that, that that's another reason why I, I don't think this move is smart. I think this is DC saying, hey, you know, if you, you know, might as well use Segra. It's a brand new stadium. Da, 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 you know, you might as well do that. I mean, there is a concentration in Boyd's, Maryland, in that sort of surrounding area in Maryland that's very supportive of the team. So I don't know why you would. I mean, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting if our if our spirit correspondent would call in, um, who has season tickets to games, if he'd be willing to buy, still buy season tickets if they're in Loudon, Maryland, as opposed to Boyd's, or if that might be like, oh, I don't know if I can make that drive out every Saturday. He wouldn't. Yeah. Well, actually, that's closer to him. It would actually work. He specifically <laughs> would be able to do that, uh, yeah. but most of them wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is solely in DC United's benefit to do that. So I, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't think they'll end up doing that. I think that they're it's smart to have to keep both feet in each state. And give each fan base a little bit of a little bit of what they want. They could sell more seats at Segra, and and Loud United is having a hell of a time selling seats to their games um, since the first game. It's been I think they sold two thousand. I think they I think two thousand were there on Friday for the Nashville two nothing loss, which eliminated them from the playoffs. It's funny to me that they were even still actually in the playoff hunt, <laughs> um, but now they're not. Uh, that that's now over. Like Loud United, who are so focused on getting youth talent and academy players in into their lineups that are 15 and 16. Um, Ted, Ted Cudi Pietro scored and got a red card in his first game uh, on Wednesday night. How do they feel about results? Like how, what is their, what is the real story there? I know that uh, Jason Levian was there in Loudon on Friday night talking to Ryan Martin. And I'm, I would love to know what they were talking about. You know, what, the, what their hope is. I would still imagine that, you know, Levian's hope there is, just keep giving me players that I can put on the first team or sell. <laughs> and I don't really, I don't really care about wins or losses down here. There will be some amount of people that continue to show up no matter what, cause it's close by. You don't have to sell it every week. You don't have to, you don't have to win. It'd be nice, but I don't really care. That's what I think it probably was. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, that, that, that is probably the goal, but in the same sense, it's very much you sold this team as being sort of Loudon's, you know, Loudon's team, and you know fans want to see results and they want to see wins, you know, and and it's, in my opinion, you can do both. You look at what you know New York Red Bulls uh, team has been for the New York Red Bulls. They have literally used them. They have used them. Um, they have used them in uh, in. Um, they have used them in. Uh, in games and um, and have in MLS games and have been able to win games and get results, um, so yeah. So I, I think our stream is frozen. By the way, we want to. Yes, it is. We uh, ESPN. Uh, Paul Carr says that this is the first time a DC United has posted four shutout in MLS in a row ever. So cool. Yeah. I think we should. I think we should. Uh, I think we should wrap this yeah. whole shindig up. I agree. Uh, Patreon.com slash RFQ Refugees. Twitter.com slash RFQ Refugees. Check us out there. Uh, please don't judge us by the basis of this show, which was like, you know, 30 minutes, I think. Barely 30 minutes, but, 
you know. This is an amuse bouche of uh, of shows. You'll get next week post uh, FC Cincinnati game and post me getting back from my first vacation over two days in the last I think 15 years. Uh, so uh, I should be well rested and happy. Yeah, and everybody should be good with a win. Yes, with a win. Uh, all right, thank you all so much, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos, vamos.